I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. <laughs> Are you ready? I am very invested in not just Disney today, but Disney long term. Hello, people. Welcome to the Fantasy Fair. The what is it? Oh, that is right. The most magical podcast on earth. Joining me, I have one. La 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 la. It's a little bit of Alexis. Oh my god. <laughs> I had that song stuck in my head yesterday, and I couldn't get it out. <laughs> um, you know what? Maybe you know what? No, that's this is what I'm gonna do from now on, Moreno. Okay, picture this: every time mm-hmm. I cue you up on the podcast, that plays underneath. No, no? are you not down with that? No. A little bit of Lamborghini. <laughs> Is it is that idea completely shit, but spelt S C H I T T? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> my my dad started watching that show. Oh, what does he think of it? And he likes it, and he was like, "I like the kids' names." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay." <laughs> uh so yeah. Well, we're here on the Fantasy Fair. We, in this episode, we're doing like a good old-fashioned freaking Fantasy Fair. The good old-fashioned Fantasy Fair way. We are recording a podcast late. Mm. Um, Something that should have been done last month because last month was like a week ago. And but uh, we're continuing on the theme of uh, Women's Month. I mean, but you know what? You know, I'm going to say this right now. Every month should be a good time to celebrate women. Am I right? No, 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 no. Yes. We're in the age of COVID. We can't we can't physically hit five. (laughs) That's entirely besides the point. Uh, So. We're going to cover two people of prominence in the Walt Disney Company. I mean, all women should be celebrated, of course. But these two, like, really uh, packed a punch when it came to how, you know, certain things are in Disney, uh, how different things were were done, uh, how, you know, they... Let's just say their fingerprints are scattered around your beloved properties and all that stuff. And some of the properties that you know today won't be the way they are today if it weren't for these uh, these particular figures. So uh, we're going to discuss that and all that stuff. So keep your ears peeled. Uh, we're going to get into it. Um, Moreno, uh, care to tell us what we're, whom we're going to be talking about today? Um, we are going to be talking about Harriet Burns, Mm -hmm. um, who was one of, like, the main people and, uh, the first woman to be working with Walt Disney Imagineering. 
Uh, I believe she was like one of the first three. So, yeah, she's kind of a big deal. Kind of a yeah, kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other person is going to be Mary Blair, who I love <laughs> very much. Um, and she she did a lot. She was kind of like all over the place. Um, I think the main thing she's known for is um one it's a small world Mm -hmm. um she what's that (laughs) um the attraction it's a small world Mm -hmm. um that ride would not be what it is if it wasn't for her um that is literally a I don't know all of her art put together <laughs> into one attraction like a, um, like a nice accumulation of yes. what she does yes um and then another thing is which is like one of my favorite things that she did within the company um she did a lot of the artwork for different movies um so like peter pan cinderella and of course alice in wonderland okay who shall we tackle first? Shall we tackle Harriet first or shall we tackle yeah. uh yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um a preface to Harriet Burns herself. Hold on. I had the notes. Whoops. <laughs> 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 okay. Born August 20th, 1928. Died July 25th, 2008. She aged 79. And uh, a badass uh, as she were. She wore skirts and heels while working with power tools such as drill presses and sanders. Now, I don't know about you, but drill presses are fucking dangerous. And to do that <laughs> in heels, that that's a fucking badass to me. Um, do you know a little bit of her early career? Um, she, she, like, went to school for, like, mm-hmm. what she worked for. Um, so that's kind of fun. I find that very interesting because that doesn't usually happen. Um, she did, she moved to California and then she started working on, like, set designs. Um, she worked on different, like, park theme parks like obviously like nothing like disneyland but like Mm -hmm. something like that until one of the theme parks that she was working for um shut down and then her co-workers encouraged her to apply to disney uh which obviously worked out for the best (laughs) um and then there uh she did kind of the same thing worked on like different props um things like that i think the most like prominent one was uh she worked on the mickey mouse club uh-huh. um and she did a lot of the set pieces for that show which is kind of like where she started getting noticed and stuff may i add something uh yes. her, something that was off of her career that i found really fascinating mm-hmm. um she designed sets and props for nbc's colgate comedy hour now um, that was a big deal back in the day because that was SNL before SNL was SNL. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, <laughs> and I think that's pretty, like, because it had, like, a bunch of prominent names coming in, uh-huh. a bunch of musical guests 
coming in and she designed the props and all that stuff. So to like work on something like the the equivalent of SNL at its time, mm-hmm. I think that's that, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that is a big deal. Like, can you imagine like being a prop designer for SNL or something like that? Yeah. Like, holy shit! Like, people across the fucking globe are seeing that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's pretty impressive. And it was NBC too, which I think is like a nice foot in the door for yeah. you know being in the industry like that so um uh anyway continue <laughs> um yeah she she was doing you know set designs and all that stuff um and then i think she uh became friends with the other two members that started um at the Walt Disney Imagineering um and then that's kind of how all that started like these three got together obviously mm-hmm. they started working at the parks um or for the parks uh like designing basically everything um and so at first it was i think wed enterprises which later turned into walt disney imagineering um and yeah i mean she worked on the castle literally any part of the park like obviously except like galaxy's edge duh um unless she worked on day stuff like she she touched she (laughs) worked on something (laughs) i love okay this is what impresses me about her career is that she like the symbol of disney itself the fucking castle yeah i I mean we use it for our logo and all that Mm -hmm. shit but like you synonymously when you think of disney what do you normally think of other other than the mouse you think of the I fu- mean the castle. You think of the fucking castle. Yeah, that's like a big prominent thing and the the sheer fact that her first assignment in the company mm-hmm. was to make that fucking castle, like design that castle. Are you Literally. kidding me? And like and the pressure. Jeez. Yeah. And, and soon to be made like, you know, cuz I don't think it was like and I remember like hearing about documentaries, like you know, seeing how like Disneyland was made. A lot of people weren't like a lot of people didn't think that that was going to be the icon. It was going to be the trains, like as like you know mm-hmm. Walt, Walt, uh, Walt wanted. But uh, but that castle just like it it, it it captured the imagination of a lot of people that I think really put it outside the box. Mm-hmm. Because of that, and when you you know now it's such a fucking icon, Sleeping Beauty Castle, you know you see it, you know before you watch any Disney movie, you know, um, other than the acquired uh, properties that they've obtained over the years to um, add to the mouse's gauntlet, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but I think that with that, she is probably responsible for disney aesthetic in general Mm -hmm. if that be the case because like disney aesthetic is so huge people take a you know a picture and selfie in front of the castle and do all that shit and you're taking a picture in front of a castle that was designed by her so like you Mm -hmm. literally when you're like when you literally you're seeing her work wherever you fucking go like you miranda you were absolutely right when you're saying and you know, she's she's kind of like the pride lands, you know. Anything the light touches, <laughs> literally. It was no, her seriously, like she she worked on the castle. I mean, that's like the main thing. She worked on Matterhorn. Um, 
all of like New Orleans Square, like that's her. Yeah. Um, the haunted mansion, pirates, like like literally everything that you think of when you think of Disneyland, specifically Disneyland, like she worked on it. She was featured heavily on Wonderful World of Color when when that was yes. going on. And part of the thing, one of my first like going back to the nostalgia. One of my first memories, and when I when I first saw Wonderful World of Color, it just so happened to be the Pirates of the Caribbean episode, where yeah. they were discussing, okay, this is what's happening in the parks. Get ready. We're going to have a soft opening and all that shit. Imagine that, Disney having a soft open- opening before soft <laughs> openings were a thing. And they had, like, this whole media thing and did all that stuff. I mean, literally, it was Gal- Galaxy's Edge before Galaxy's Edge was cool, <laughs> yo. So what happened was is that um, that model that you see of the entire ride mm-hmm. was all fucking Harriet Burns. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at something like that, I mean, one of the most, I, again, making the most iconic, she made, essentially, she formed the skeleton of the most iconic Disneyland ride mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, and what what we mean by, like, designing it is that she would make, like, miniature versions of the park. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure, I don't, like, quote me, but in that place, like, next to um, Great Moments of Mr. Lincoln, where they have kind of, like, a Disneyland history type of thing. Mm-hmm. I forgot what that place is called, but there's, like, a miniature thing of Disneyland I could be wrong, but, like, that's basically what, like, what she would do. And so they would go off of her designs <laughs> to do the park. I would imagine with some, like, a big project like Disneyland, you know, I mean, let's be real. That's a big fucking project <laughs> that you're going to do. So when you're doing something like making Disneyland, essentially, you know, you're not going to... You can't just like pull things out of your ass. You have to, you know, make things, you know, you know, as detailed as possible mm-hmm. with multiple models, uh, you know, just to like show. Okay, we're we're gonna take this model and send it to um, the board of directors or something like that, and then we're gonna send this model to um, to investments, and we're just gonna do all that, that just so that we could get the the you know. We're going to dry the ink, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like getting the shit done. And with that being said, like anywhere you go could be a Harriet Burns model. I mean, the we went to the Walt Disney Family Museum and there's a full blown fucking model Mm -hmm. of Disneyland there. Some of that shit could be hers, you know? Yeah, literally. (laughs) And I think that, we, I mean, it literally being everywhere, like how Harriet Burns, you know, is and her, you know, impact on the company, that's a great way to be everywhere and still continue to be everywhere and make that mark and impact. Um, I, it, it's amazing how she never met an impasse with that shit. I think she, she continuously also, not to get too ahead, like all the stuff that she did for the Tiki Room, I think is really um, fascinating. That that was where I kind of knew about her because that was the episode that I watched or like remember, like somehow watching. Of Wonderful I don't know. World of Color. Yeah, mm. um, the Tiki Room one where he's showing like the birds and stuff, and then she comes on. Oh, the birds sing, bird, and the flowers <laughs> bloom in the Tiki 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 Room. By the way. 
other week I listened to the um, Haley and Hillary Duff cover. Oh no, oh the God. Hillary Duff cover of uh, the Tiki Room song, and goddamn, that fucking shit still slaps. Hillary <laughs> Duff, like she was ahead of her time, <laughs> to say the least. Like she, she, like she went there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I think that was freaking incredible. I want to talk about the um, the Tiki Room for a little bit. Um, I think it's amazing how she had the foresight of using different fabrics to make it more fluid. Like you would think, like oh, just put you know, just slap some slap some skin on that one and you know just call it good but no she actually was like it doesn't look real enough like you know it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't look organic you know mm-hmm. i don't know what you know about the tiki room what what do you know about the tiki room before i go no, off yeah it was and steal your thunder <laughs> not that what you just said okay um little little um couple of details on that um, she wanted to make sure the animatronics moved as organically as possible. Um, she looked at, she looked through different fabrics and clothing for the bird's shells. Um, now what I mean by shells is like the skin, um, that's underneath all the feathers and all that bullshit. That's what I'm talking about because, um, cause obviously we as human beings and animals and the animal kingdom, they all have a thing called skin. And so like it, like she formulated this mesh that, that like made them look more realistic. And, uh, she looked through different things. Like she looked through like, um, stretchy swimsuits. Um, she looked at different, um, different lycra patterns. She'd look at different little things like that. However, she was like, but none of them like breathe, like really just like breathe like how an animal is supposed to breathe, you know, Mm -hmm. and none of it look fluid. So one day she was like constantly fixated on Walt's like mannerisms when, you know, at a meeting and noticed because if you've seen Wonderful World of Color, you know, he loves to wear his fucking blue sweater. And he was she was like looking like, she's like Walt, that's it. You know, and she was like, what? He's like the way you're moving in your sweater. And he was like, hold on, I'll, I'll come back to you in a in a bit. So she came back and designed pretty much the skin mesh using the brushed wool material that Walt's sweater was made from you mm-hmm. know so i think that's amazing and also like talking about another person mark davis designed the faces yeah but the body was all harriet burns <laughs> and also another thing that i find really fucking cool is that she was like you know what we're gonna use pelican feathers because it's the most durable feather <laughs> like <laughs> like who would have fucking thunk it I remember watching an episode of Mythbusters and they were talking about leather, like the most strongest leather Um, Mm -hmm. when they were doing uh, the Indiana Jones episode and they were uh, Adam Savage crafted himself a bullwhip, like a actual bullwhip. And he's like, we're going to make it uh, like an like a authentic Raiders strong as nails 
um, thing, but we need the strongest leather possible for that. And so kangaroo leather is actually the most strongest leather on earth because they're constantly, you know, um, active. They're a constantly active animal. So you know that the skin and, you know, the grooves of like the muscle that works in the, in the skin is actually going to be, uh, more pliable in terms of what's, what's needed. So I think that it's really cool that she had the foresight with just the simple fucking, like who would have thunk it pelican feathers to put on the birds, you know? I think that was really cool. Like, cause again, it's like the ingenuity of, of these people just like thinking yeah. outside the box, you know? Yeah. That, that's what I really like. Or that's why I like looking into these things, especially like back then, because everything was, they literally made it up. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and, and they could get away with, you know, making mistakes and trying to fix their mistakes and stuff like that um and like bettering their craft like and they had the liberty to be able to do that yeah at least more (laughs) uh at least i think maybe they do now who knows but um yeah i don't know it's just it's very interesting and i i like i i like hearing how they worked back then and the way that they came up with everything i mean it's why i like star wars so much the first one because it's like it you're seeing all these people just pulling these different methods out of their ass and completely like you know completely changing the game and how things are made like we probably wouldn't have the they invented the game yeah they invented the game you know so i think that that is impressive like we wouldn't have these elaborate animatronics that we have now if it wasn't for little minute details like this like making a fully fluid spider-man animatronic for your upcoming avengers campus that right there is ingenuity you know at its finest like just showing the evolution of how something starts and that's something that starts creates other ideas for other people down the line Mm -hmm. you know and i love that trickle effect and that's why i think that disney um should continue to change um because it does show that evolution of where you know it is literally a drake song you know started from the bottom now they're here <laughs> literally <laughs> um and i think that with that i think it just lends itself to something completely different and um it gives it more of a, a robust meaning uh mm-hmm. when when it comes to like Oh, you know, it's the tiki room. Let me, t- you know, what do you think of the tiki room? Birds. Ah, but you know, you know, why the birds sing word and the flowers bloom? <laughs> you know, let me tell you how, <laughs> you know, and it's just like one of those details. I mean, a lot of people, they tend to, I don't know about you, but these people, they tend to view this, like, you know, the parks as vacation destinations. But I think it's so much more than that because you're seeing, you know, time capsules of history evolve. Yeah. You know, where else can you see that? You know, you're certainly not going to see it in governments. You're certainly not going to see it in, you know, countries and the way things flow. You're going to see it at fucking Disneyland. <laughs> and that's where you're definitely going to see that, that shit fly. And like they were able to, you know, do things because they're kind of the first to do it these pioneers they you know they were walking on shared territory it was literally the wild wild west of theme park making 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, in a lawless land like that, it makes it all more badass. Meanwhile, she was fucking rocking the, you know, the the skirts. She was, you know, in the in the freaking Manolos. She was doing it all. <laughs> Devil wears Prada, can't even touch Harriet Burns. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, she's great. I love her. Um, she, I mean, she set the bar <laughs> way high. <laughs> yeah, like too, like too high. Like who would, who could follow <laughs> that shit? Up? You know, making the iconic castle in itself is just something that is untouchable. But just to like completely like have your fingerprints literally everywhere you go when you go to Disneyland, I think it's just absolutely beautiful. Chef's kiss. Um, additionally, she also um, with her knowledge in canaries, she also designed the bird that you see in Mary Poppins. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad that we did this because I'm I'm learning a fucking lot. And I hope you are too, everyone. I, I think that this is, the, again, this is why some of these people need to be like more celebrated because they, like, they perfected the craft and the craftsmanship that they add to it. I think is absolutely. Sorry, I'm going on like forever, but like it just it it boggles the mind of how things that were completely like a blank canvas and turning it into a bob ross masterpiece like who the fuck does that <laughs> harry of <laughs> birds apparently <laughs> um yeah so anything else you want to add that i did not touch upon uh no that's kind of all that i have um i mean clearly she's you know iconic yeah um, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that we didn't talk about. Um, you know, she worked on the submarine voyage, the original one. <laughs> um, like, oh, she, she found Nemo. <laughs> no. <laughs> What'd she do on the submarine voyage? Uh, she did the animatronics that were <sighs> under the sea. Um, she worked on great moments with Mr. Lincoln. That was huge. That's kind of, I feel like, a lot of people see that as very iconic. It freaks me out, but um, really, because of the Lincoln animatronic, you know, people so kind she, of are like. So she worked on the animatronic. Um, no, I don't think so. I just um, hold on. But she worked on the Carousel of Progress, so that's kind of cool. Like Damn. the whole um, the what's it called the fair. World's Fair, the, the New York World's Fair. The World's Fair. Fair. She was a big part of of that, um, which is funny because the next person that we're going to talk about was two. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, literally Disneyland is all her. <laughs> I mean, it's not all her, but she was a big, huge part of it, and yeah, it just Disneyland literally would not be the way that we see it if it wasn't for her. Which is huge. <laughs> it is huge. Like, goddamn. Woman, hear her roar, you know? Um, <laughs> okay. Who is the next person we're going to touch upon? Mary Blair. <laughs> Mary Blair. Tell us a little. Oh, 
precursor to Mary Blair before you go off to Never Never Land. Okay, so uh, she was born October 21st in 1911. She died July 26th, 1978 by the age of 66. Um, death? This, 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 this hurt me a little bit. Um, she, yeah. di- she died of cerebral hemorrhage due to acute alcoholism. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> How tragic. <laughs> what the hell? Um, she, she was, damn, was she a good artist though? Like she knew how to take colors and, and fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us about Mary Blair. Tell us. Yeah. Um, well, she first started off as an animator for MGM Studios, mm-hmm. um, which is the one with the lion. <laughs> oh, um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she started working with Disney in 1940. Um, also as kind of an animator, I think she also did like artwork for all of those. Um, one of like the big things that she did was that she went on that big, um, Latin American tour with Walt Disney and Lillian Disney. Um, which if you don't know about that, that one sucks. That story is kind of cool too. Um, it's very interesting. It's a lot of background story. It's a... You're bearing the lead on that story, Moreno. They were personally assigned by President FDR for that. But there's also, like, backstory on that within the company. <laughs> Which, oh, are you, talking about yeah. the, are you talking about the union stuff? Yes. So okay. there's that whole story is so interesting. And I love, like, reading about it because I've learned new things every day. Um, but yes... It's the so main ironic. reason why they went was uh-huh. because, yes, they were assigned by the president to go. Well, they were assigned. Walt Disney was assigned to go. And then he brought um, Mary Blair with him. Um, and the whole thing of them going was this was during World War Two, And it was to kind of do like propaganda for uh, Latin America not to trust Nazis. <laughs> Good. As you um, so, as you should as you should, um, and so they created the like saludos saludos amigos movies and like all that stuff um, to get people to go watch these movies rather than go to Nazi rallies. <laughs> That's a good reason. Um, watch cartoons. Yeah. Saves lives. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's, like, one side of the story. There's another one, which is also very interesting. Um, But, yeah, and then she worked on, you know, Dumbo, Lady and the Tramp, Fantasia, um, and then, um, what's it called? The three movies that I said, which were um, Cinderella, Peter Pan, and Alice in Wonderland. Um... And then I know that she left the studio for a little bit to kind of do her own thing. She did write children's books, um, did all that. And then she came back. And one of like the last things that she did with uh, the Disney company was It's a Small World, which um, Walt Disney went to her to ask her if she could do this. 
So I like how it's like a like. Come on, we've been friends for a long time. Let's just let's just um have one, one final no. ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that final ride was literally a I ride. Mean. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things. First of all, I did not know that that was like, um, I knew loosely of like the union disputes and all that stuff, which is funny and ironic because um, FDR was very pro union and like he was a very um, socialist Democrat president. And for them to be escaping from a very yeah. socialist cause. It's, it's so cause. funny because I actually recently did like uh, an assignment for school and I based it off of this. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. I mean, going a little bit off tangent uh, with what we're talking about. But basically, you know, the animators wanted to unionize um Walt Disney said no the company said no um and so they went on a big old strike <laughs> and you think these inks and paints come from free <laughs> yeah and so um I think like a lot I one person kind of set off the whole thing he got fired because he like brought it up and stuff and i mean this is kind of like the shorter version but yeah and then afterwards uh they walt disney felt pressure to do it so he did it reluctantly and like you know did it not because he wanted to but because he was kind of forced to do it uh which is really bad <laughs> um tie adjusting uh, after that, like half of the people left because they were like nah <laughs> this ain't we right don't fuck with you <laughs> which really obviously like it, it set back uh it set him back a lot because he felt betrayed by everybody but like uh i don't know about that um so that's why you kind of see a shift this because this is like kind of right before they started planning disney world and uh, disney, what the hell uh disneyland um and so that's why he started focusing more on disneyland rather than the studio the movies because he just didn't want to deal with any of that <laughs> which is uh, it, uh, you know it's like it, it's we're kind of making it seem like not a big deal but this is like a big shift uh in Walt's focuses yeah yeah but it, i just feel like it deserves like a whole other episode <laughs> yeah. or you know g google research because it's it's very interesting That'd be a very and, interesting beyond the ears to do just yeah. the whole union thing. I mean, Moreno, there's a treasure trove of things to talk about. Yeah. The <laughs> Disney Company. I think that we're 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 never short of conversations within, you know, within Disney and like the inner workings and all that stuff. Um but yeah. I think that was like I knew loosely about like all that stuff, but I didn't know like how deep rooted the trip was mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> in terms of that. Um, I knew the propaganda and all that stuff, but you know, honestly good proper, you know, propaganda because fuck Nazis, you know, and you could quote me on that. Everyone that is, that is my seal of approval. The fantasy fair does not, um, it does not, you know, condone Nazism. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but that should 
go without say, you would think, here in the you country. You would think, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Nazis are, you know, roaming the world now, right? Right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that, that story, like I said, is... It's very interesting. It's very cool. People should look into it, um, especially if you're a Disney fan. <laughs> yeah. um, I know it doesn't paint a good picture of the company, but, no, you doesn't. know, it's good to see things for what they are. <laughs> I like that her work is still seen today, like prominently. I mean, obviously you said that it's a small world. It, I mean, it's no small feat. You know, <laughs> it, it is a huge feat because like that is one of the most iconic rides ever. Like it's up there with Pirates of the Caribbean of being synonymous with theme park. I mean, there's I mean, it, there's a reason why like it's referenced mm-hmm. in movies. You hear that song yeah. fucking everywhere, you know, and everybody's like, it's a small world. Oh, that's that Disney ride. That's all the, with all the, um, the colorful, mo- you know, colorful molnitos, you know, doing their, sh- <laughs> doing their shit in there. And I think that w- the look, and again, like these, these women have like prominently made Disney aesthetic, Disney aesthetic and the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, example, like I know for a fact she designed that sun that you see at the front of the the park. That's such an iconic image in itself, you know, with Disneyland and like Disney culture. I mean, you see it on bags fucking today. Yeah. You know, I mean, to have your shit be on a fucking fashion statement, you know, is a big deal all in itself. And like, I don't know, like, goddamn women. women are fucking like this just shows like the power of a of a of a woman's mind in terms of like creativity and what kind of impact and why when nowadays like when people are talking about like oh we need more women directors we need more women creators and you know in the in the artistic front this is why because they can't come up with some fucking blow, you know, mind blowing shit, and for their fingerprints to be everywhere that you see, you would you would think that Disney and all that stuff, and especially in the day and age that they were in, very opposite centered in terms of like women. I mean, there there are instances. <laughs> don't get me wrong, of like of um the company shorting women. But uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. but it's that, a, again, a whole another episode within itself. <laughs> yeah. But I think where it does count, it does count. And to have women have that voice lent itself to probably some of their stuff being ingrained in the DNA of Disney itself. So mm-hmm. you shouldn't like. If you have a voice, I can do it. I think that I think that's the big takeaway from all this shit. Um, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She um, worked on demo the demo like the entire demo reel of Lady and the Tramp, which also I think is fantastic as well. Yeah, oh. I mean the thing that yeah, obviously Small World is big um and it is iconic as well 
Um, the thing that sticks out to me the most uh, with her work is obviously going to be Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I don't know if you've ever seen the artwork or if any of you guys have seen the artwork, but uh, Alice in Wonderland is her work. <laughs> Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. The the use of color, and this is, like, obviously the thing that they talk, or what people talk about the most is her use of color, um, how she uses really bright colors and mixes it so well with the way that she wants to tell stories within her paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that that was a big inspiration in how they did the movie and for me that really like speaks to me because i kind of obviously i can't paint and you know she's one of a kind and only she can do that that type um but i kind of relate to that in the sense that i use a lot of color with within my life i don't know if that (laughs) makes any sense just like i like bright and colorful things and the, the, those things always your room in itself is very colorful <laughs> um, like you could see there's a bunch of shit to like honestly <laughs> it's like a rainbow vomit <laughs> just splattered all over your wall i mean it's just the, the dash of color here dash of color there i could definitely see um what you mean about adding a little bit of pizzazz? <laughs> yeah, and just like, like also like the work that she does is very wacky and kooky, but like it's cohesive as well, which is so weird. I don't know. I just I love everything that she does. <laughs> There's almost like a method to the madness when it comes yeah. to her work. You know, I mean, it's very collage esque. With how she chooses her colors. But it's also subdued as well. Because like you look at the color design of Alice in Wonderland. And like the characters are very bright and vivid and all that stuff. But if you look mm-hmm. at the background. It's all black. Yeah. It's all black. Like there, there's no sky. <laughs> <laughs> there's no other than the when she's in the cottage. But that was yeah. it. The rest of Wonderland is a freaking black sky. I mean, but I think that that helps make the 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 more vibrant colors and the vibrant characters pop out more. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept design that she did for Peter Pan is barn on some of my favorite things that she's ever done. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and also like seeing like behind the scenes. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen the documentary. You you can fly, um, that that it was on the VHS tape, um, okay. that was uh that like showed after you watched the movie, oh, yeah, yeah, um, and like it was like with the help of Mary Blair, and I'm like, who's this person, you know? And it just showed like a bunch of her work and all that mm-hmm. good shit, and even even for like Cinderella, um. It's so funny because, like, each one of the artworks are completely different from each other, but they all kind of get the essence of each movie. 
Um, so, like, with um, Alice in Wonderland, obviously, the colors are what stands out. Um, the craziness of it all stands out. But with Cinderella, it's very, like, like it floats. I don't know. <laughs> floats. Um, and the colors are much more subdued. Um, but are you it, saying it almost it's feels like it's, art? like, on a cloud. <laughs> Oh, like actually in the sky, like it feels like very. Br- Are you saying it feels very breathy and very like weightless? Yeah, yeah. Where with like, Alice in Wonderland, you don't get that. You get the complete opposite of that. Like you feel like it's almost gra- like defying gravity. Yeah. With Cinderella, but then you have like the utmost like heavy fisted yeah. um <laughs> art style with Alice in Wonderland. I get you. I get you. Yeah. I I feel that too because like you notice that like the, the diff- like the color changes with between Cinderella and Alice. And I guess yeah. and I guess like Peter Pan is the perfect marriage of the two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like the in in between. Yeah. And when you look at Cinderella, there's a lot of blue. There's a lot of blue. Yeah. There's a lot of white in there. There's a lot of, um, it's a very, like the palette, the color palette of was anything between blue and purple and everything in between, um, (laughs) versus, um, Alice in Wonderland was everything in the kitchen sink. (laughs) And then at, in Peter Pan, it was like, okay, we choose um, a different color palette for whatever mood we're trying to set in the in uh, in this scene. So, yeah. I, I, this is a I, again like they, this is where like the movies formulating itself as a museum is a good thing because you're looking at this thing and you're like, okay, so this piece, like yeah. when they're at Skull Rock, very subdued, all grays everything like that and peter pan but then you get to actual neverland in itself and it is very much like the alice in wonderland situation Mm -hmm. because it's so ham-fisted with all the colors and details there's a fucking rainbow in the middle of the screen (laughs) and and that like also just kind of speaks into how this company works where like they they feed off of each project that they do And you can tell, especially like in the early years, you could tell. I mean, there's been a lot of like articles on like scenes that the company has reused with other movies, and they treat it as like this is like something new and like oh, like look at what they're doing. Taboo, yeah, like yeah, but it's like, dude, like this is this, especially in the beginning, this is how they worked, you know, and it, it wasn't like used as a bad thing it was um to kind of they would feed off of each movie to perfect what they didn't get to perfect in the first place (laughs) yeah also it's a good way to freaking like a mood worked in one movie why not have the same mood you know be used in a different way in this movie yeah, you know, in the different and make it better (laughs) yeah i mean a lot of people could draw comparisons of like like Sword in the Stone has some animation that was like reused and mm-hmm. that that uh, was used in We Need the Pooh and you know Jungle Book and Robin Hood is often compared and but 
yet again, like they do a different, like there's a different flavor with what they're doing. And yeah, again, one of the, the big ones that I noticed that people seem very bothered by, which I don't know why, which it's the um, that they reuse the ballroom dancing scene from Sleeping Beauty in Beauty and the Beast. Um, and I mean, there is a reason for that, which was that they were running out of time. But when you compare both scenes, uh-huh. one clearly is improved than the one before. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, you want to make this grandiose, you know, ballroom scene. Um, and why not, you know, draw comparisons? Because your fucking artwork in the past is iconic in itself. Why not draw comparisons to your previous work, you know? Yeah. When you have such a well-bodied library of fucking designs and mm-hmm. all that shit to draw upon. Why the fuck not? I mean, was it a way to, you know, cut corners in some instances? Fuck yeah, it absolutely was. Why do you think the entirety of Dumbo was done in watercolor? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the same thing with Lilo and Stitch. They wanted to cut costs by doing everything in watercolor. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're not gonna give us, like... Effort. A shitty movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, it, it helps the artistic, you know style because i fucking remember the art style in dumbo i sure as hell remember the the art style in lilo and stitch i mean i mean lilo and stitch is stitch is like one of their biggest characters yeah so i don't know but you know going back to mary blair she's great fucking legend (laughs) yep literally um speaking of legend she Hold on, let me get to my notes. She was honored as a Disney legend in 1991, which is quite a while ago. Um, also, um, post Disney, a little uh, little side note um, that I want to add. Uh, she worked on ads for Nabisco and Maxwell House Coffee. <laughs> I think that's pretty big as, as well to to do stuff for you know big companies. Again, it's like. That work led to another work, to another work. And again, Mm -hmm. it's like diverging from stuff that you influence within Disney, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think that's another added benefit of where you are. Um, Yeah, that's all. That's all I wrote. Yeah, me too. So yeah, um, lesson of the story in this uh, in this podcast is uh, hire more women. <laughs> uh, they get shit done and uh, they make they make stuff look cool. God damn it! <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think uh, Harriet Burns. Fuck yeah, I uh, Harriet Burns. Like I tear up thinking about Harriet. Like I love her so much. <laughs> Um, because like she, like she's fucking Disneyland. She's the living embodiment of the fucking park. How can you not love that shit? Uh, so yeah, I, I, I love, I loved it. I loved learning about these different people because there's a lot of things that I did not know about, especially with Harriet Burns. I was just like, 
<laughs> I was just like blown away. So thank you for suggesting uh, doing this, Moreno. It, it definitely shed a light upon uh, different things within the company. So yeah. Anything you want to add before we close off the episode? Mm, I don't think so. I think we said everything. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So, a uh, couple of notes uh, that we have. Um, the, we are in the month of April. So you know what that means. We have a Once Upon a Retrospect going on for Robin Hood. The Rescuers. (laughs) And the Aristocats. So get ready for those episodes because they're... You get ready for those episodes. I'll get ready. Um... I I I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If it doesn't kill me rewatching those movies then um Oh my god. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um What else? What else are we doing? We're covering um more for um uh women's month. Uh obviously we're going to cover Jennifer Lee pretty soon. And uh, go over through all that stuff. Uh, Mickey May is gonna is gonna happen. We're gonna do all that shit. So, yeah. Uh, Red Spot Entertainment. They're they're doing their thing. <laughs> <laughs> go check out that and find out what's happening from that. Um, so, without further ado, oh, anything else? Any other minor announcements you wanted to say or plug? Mm. Oh, they're doing videos on BNC again. Apparently. It, yeah. The bitch is back. <laughs> 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 uh, Alexis is doing reaction videos, so go see him react to things. Because we're finally getting movies. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like, <laughs> it took a year. <laughs> but here we are. We're getting movies again and all that stuff. Oh, by the way, uh, I want to talk to you uh, uh, quickly. Just quickly. Just quickly. Because it's, n- it's not a fucking Warner Brothers podcast or anything like that. What do you think of Godzilla vs. Kong? Oh, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. I think so, too. I think it was really fun. I love... I love all the movies within the MonsterVerse. I think they're all they're all pretty damn good. Um yeah. I rewatched uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters today. Um just cuz like the family they just they just watched it and they have that post Godzilla hype. <laughs> yeah. So, I think I think it just it, it's a good thing and I want it to continue. Uh so yeah. So, did you like what you heard here? And if you did, you could check us out every major place you listen to podcasts. Um, our home is always uh, castbox.fm. You could check us out on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, what else am I missing? 
I'm still trying to work out the kinks of Stitcher because like they're not like adjusting the feed. So if you're mm-hmm. behind on Stitcher and if you're listening on, well, you won't be listening on Stitcher. But if you look on Stitcher, it's not working. So I'm trying to work my way in fixing that. Uh, so, but they, they, it just to quote a mutual friend of mine, uh, uh, Nettie Valdez, it's a mess. <laughs> so, uh, we're working our way into that. And but yeah, you can listen get, listen to us everywhere. Fuck it, you know. Throw us on the throw us on the TV. We're we're there. Uh, so yeah. Look, ma, I'm on TV. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so without further ado, I'm Kyle Lero. With me is Alexis Moreno, and as always, what is it, Moreno? You're not gonna. I I want to get you to the point where you could sign off, um, where I could just say back to you. She's shaking her head like I took a shit in her scrambled eggs, and I. Don't- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, without further ado, I'm Kyle Lira, and as always, stay magical, everyone. When you wish upon a star, of the past, and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America, with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you.